0: Hi, hello, welcome to episode three of the Terp Manor podcast. Uh, Who have we got on today's show? You've got me, I'm James, your host. Uh, We've got Ben. Ben, how are you? Hello. Hi, Ben, what'd you have for dinner?
1: I just had some sandwiches today,
0: very boring. Sandwiches for dinner? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Andy, how are you? Hi. Uh, Yeah, I'm good. Andy, same question. What did you have for dinner? What did I have for dinner? It was only about half an hour ago.
2: What did I have? Um, (laughs) This is worrying. This this, this Uh, was not meant to be a laboured thing. Oh oh, no, I had um, chicken pie, chips and gravy.
0: Strong. That is a footballer's dinner. (laughs) Um, I thought I could ask these questions and then our listening base can get to know us a bit better. Um, so John can't be with us this week. What did he say he's doing? He's in Oxford visiting his sister. I think that's detail that the listeners need to hear. Um, but we do have a substitute. We have Connor. Connor, how are you? Hello, mate. I'm well. Thank you. Connor, did you hear our enhanced introductions when we did our first podcast? I did. that is what we expect of you. Have you done yeah. some prep? I've done plenty of prep. Take us away, Connor. Take us away. What's your name? Okay. Where do you come from? Favourite player, various other things. Right. Uh, so my name's Connor,
3: obviously. Um, I was born in Oxford and just like uh, I know some of you boys also with JR Babies.
0: And JR baby. Uh, good.
3: Yeah, I moved to York in September 2018 uh, to start my master's degree at the University of York. Um, so that's why I'm here, but I'm also leaving in a couple of weeks. So that's quite sad, <clears throat> but I thought I'd jump onto the podcast, you know, as an official Yorkshire t- t- yellow, until this. Where point. are you going? Uh, I know I where you're going, to, but
0: the... yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving to I'm moving to Belfast in September um, to start my PhD. So that will be interesting. So I'll be a Belfast yellow at that point. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Um, so what were the other questions? It was first Oxford game as well, wasn't it? I think. first game. Yeah. yeah, first Oxford game. Favourite player, got those, yeah. So, uh, first Oxford game, I was five years old um, and it was the first game at the Kassam Stadium. Well, the first uh, league game, which was against Rochdale. Um, That was my first game, my dad took me. What was Um, the score? Five years old. (laughs) I think it was 1-1, I think. Don't quote me on that. Can you name
0: 22 players?
3: No, I lie, actually. I think we lost 2-1, actually. Anyway, that's one for the Wikipedia page. Um, favorite player is Ryan Clark. Believe it or not, who um, are? I should add a little caveat here. I am only twenty three years old, so I am one of the the younger Oxford fans. Even amongst this group of fantastic, haven't men.
0: haven't we had complaints that we're all too young as it is? So now you're bringing our average age down even more. Maybe we're going. It's bringing the podcast resistance. into into I this dispute. Yeah. To the old Yeah. Disrepute, yeah,
3: yeah. Just gonna add a little bit of a contemporary perspective on things. Oh, <laughs> 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 take that with a pinch of salt. Um, yeah, Ryan Clark's my favourite player uh, for many reasons. Um, one being, uh, when I was a when I was a young lad, it's a lamby young lad, um, I was a goalkeeper and I had quite a few interactions with Ryan Clark when he played for Oxford. Um, real top bloke. Um, and even after the Wembley shenanigans, um, obviously throwing it in the back of his own net. Uh, (laughs) I still like him quite a lot so he's a good old boy
0: he was a good lad
3: didn't he
2: He um, you know when I think it was the season he left didn't he didn't he get a load of stick off fans for kicking a water bottle into the crowd or have I just made that up
0: I don't remember that I'm I'm sure of it I'm
2: sure of it but maybe I dreamt it maybe I was dreaming of Ryan Clark
0: (laughs) 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 that's me I'm the one dreaming of Ryan Clark. Cole, happy days. Did we have any other exciting questions that we all answered? I don't remember now. It's been a that while. A, I think
3: memorable moment wasn't there.
0: Memorable moment, yeah. What, yeah what's what's I mean, yours? I mean,
3: obviously Wembley 2010 is clearly a standout. Um, but I think I'll keep this quite short. I'll try anyway. Another memorable moment, which for some wrong reasons, perhaps. Um, in 2013, we played Gateshead in an FA Cup first round. and It was an away game. Mm. And I remember going up on the coach um, and the game got called off when we got there for a waterlogged pitch. And then the game was then rearranged um, for the following Thursday night. And stupidly, I decided to go from Oxford to Gateshead again. And we watched the game <laughs> and uh, it was a thrilling nil-nil and it went to extra time. Um, It was freezing cold that night and uh, Dean Smalley scored a 116th minute penalty and I remember it because I just dropped to my knees because (laughs) I just knew that I could get out of this freezing cold stadium and get back on that coach and travel, what, six hours back to Oxford. So that was one moment that will
0: stick with me forever. Um, Uh Maybe not
3: for the right reasons,
0: but good old Dean Smalley. Yeah, I do remember that. I remember listening in. Um, God, that that is some good effort there. Yeah, it was a true commitment, I think right good stuff cheers for that connor that's all right um before we crack on uh we need to give a quick shout out to the fence end podcast guys so they kindly welcomed us to the podcasting world um in their latest pod um and the guys there were absolutely right about kind of referencing kind of healthy oxford united consumption all around and like the more people that are doing things like this the better and i think we're all listeners to like of the fence end as well. Um, one of the reasons I was thinking about this, that I wanted to do the podcast in the first place is because of the irregularity of the fence end. And hopefully by us being there, they're going to do theirs a bit more regularly so we can listen to that and they'll listen to us and we'll come up with super duper ideas on how to improve things. So it's all good. Um, I also want to propose a joint pod at some stage where we can have some kind of quiz I'm keen to do that. So I'll give, um, I'll ping Liam from the fence end and talk to him about that. But that's got to be a Christmas special.
2: It's yeah, I, say, I second the Christmas special. I love Christmas. So any opportunity to put a, uh, a Father Christmas hat on, I'm there.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right, Thomas agenda. Again, yeah. <laughs> um, Let's run through what we're doing today. It's a busy one, so we'll see how you know how far we get through this stuff but um Andy's gonna talk a bit about um his visit to the training ground as part of that open day um a week or two ago. Uh, we've got a bit of time to recap on news um since we ran the last pod. It feels like it's been a long time since we ran the post sunderland pod um We'll talk about the output from Peterborough Connor was at both games, so we can talk through that. I've never seen uh, how like, unlikely was it that on paper we were going to have two like, carbon copy games. like It's nuts. Um, we'll go through uh, Blackpool. We'll preview that. Ben's going to help us with that. Um, we had a bit of a session, uh, well, a section to talk about club comms and give a bit of a board update, but I think that will be brief and we should probably focus on that in another pod when we have a bit more time. And then we'll go f- through the classic facts, stats, and trivia with Andy Dent. And then we'll have our traditional quiz at the end as well. I'm excited about the quiz. Uh, I I
2: have noticed in the notes, though, in our our podcast notes, you've changed the um, right to the correct spelling. And I purposely spelt it W-R-I-G-H-T in an ode to Jake Wright. But
0: Oh, crap. (laughs) You just pretty much slapped me
2: around the face with a wet kipper. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I do apologise. Right, Andy, talk us through your training yes, ground. Yes, my
2: uh, my training ground uh, adventure. Um, well, I think it was it was the the week before. Or was the, it was the Friday before the the first Peterborough game. Um, I got a, a message out of the blue from Chris Williams actually. Um, who'd invite me down to the training ground. I I was unaware that it was um, an Oxfox thing. I am obviously a member of Oxfox, as everybody should be. Um, Yeah, so I had to try and uh, wangle the day off uh, through work, which I did legitimately. I didn't pull a sickie or anything like that, bearing in mind I've only been in the job sort of three weeks. So, Um, yeah, so I went down down Friday morning, left about half six from here. and met um, another Yorkshire Yellow down there, Jack Willis. Um, we uh, we met in the car park. Sounds a little bit dodgy, but yeah,
0: <laughs> That's true. No. that is we go in the well. North yeah, north who, north who, north. what
2: happens at the training ground stays at the training ground. So, um, but no, it was um, yeah, it was good. Um, Kataro, the Japanese uh, Yellow, was there. He came trundling past on his little fold up bike. I don't know if anybody's seen it on Twitter um he's
0: been traveling the uh length and breadth of the country on his bike um I I forgot to mention that a load of us met him at the Sunderland game as well I had a photo taken and I've never heard like anyone <laughs> shout as loudly as I heard him shouting to <laughs> Daryl Fisher from, Oh my lord! From, so he was shouting from the top you know at uh, uh, Sunderland you're away in the gods and he was just screaming <laughs> Danny Danny and we were going who's Who's Danny? But then it turned out that he was after Daryl Fisher and Daryl just appeared from the, um, the tunnel and then just came like running over, to, like beckoning Katoro uh, <laughs> to turn his flag around because it was the wrong way around. And then uh, you can see some of those pictures on, um, I think they're on the, on, I think Daryl posts them on the site, but anyway, it was, he seems like a very nice chap when I asked him if he wanted to come on the podcast. I'm not sure he knew what I meant, but the offer nice the, off- the always there, me.
2: Katara, if you want to come on the pod. So So anyway, Absolutely. yeah, I don't I don't want to go into too much detail because I think there's probably enough in the visit to maybe have a, a, a special on the training ground. But yeah, I mean it was a great facility. Um Carl Robinson was obviously there. Um he said that obviously it's a lot better than the majority of most League One clubs and a lot of championship clubs as well. So I think we're quite fortunate to have that, um, facility to use. Obviously the caveat with that is we don't actually own it. Um, and an interesting fact as well, actually you can, we can, they can only kick the ball in a certain direction when they're obviously training because there's the, there's a road running adjacent. I don't know what what the road is, but there's no, um, there's no netting or fence up. So if obviously if it goes across the road and goes through a car traveling at 60 miles an hour, it's, um, it's an end game. So yeah, that was interesting. I think there is some discussions going on with, um, obviously fusion, um, about getting a fence erected, but, um, so obviously, yeah, the, the buildings, it's a fairly typical building. Um, it, it does look very nice. Um, there's so of areas in, within the building. You've got the first team and academy changing rooms down one corridor. Um, you've got a dining room with a kitchen. Um, Tiger said, obviously, at the previous training ground he, he tasted the food there and he, he just didn't like it so part of what he wanted to do was being in a chef obviously so that all the players the staff etc have some good food um there's a breakout room with a with table tennis uh, and games in there cam bran that's that's my new name for cam bran again he's a bit he's the oxford version of subo um but it's cam bran um he's the current table tennis champion believe it or not so not only does he score goals he's he's pretty tasty at table tennis um a video analysis room uh briefing room slash classroom obviously the academy offices are based there um the media office that obviously carl robinson's got man, uh, an office there um gym treatment room
0: and a utility room to wash all the kit what was in the utility uh, <laughs> i do worry if if this is the brief version of the training ground well, yeah, <laughs> I can go into what's the long. You know, it's, like? it's
2: interesting. There was a lady in there doing something, and a, a guy doing some maintenance on the machine. I'm not sure what, but yeah, um, there is a utility room there. Good. Good. Um, <laughs> and I think, obviously, there's been a lot of criticism around the, the sort of board in the close season about not caring. Um, I think after after attending the day, me and Jack, I think we can both agree that we felt massively positive about. The club and the the fact that the board do genuinely care. Carl Robinson, um, he he cares as well, Um, and uh, they just they want to do right for the club. I think Carl spoke about the uh, previous owners in Lennigan, Daryl Eels, obviously trying to purchase the stadium, being fobbed off by Kazam, and then just giving up. Tiger and the rest of the, the obviously the board they. They don't want to just walk away. They want to look at other other avenues to purchase the stadium, the training ground, etc. So it was really refreshing to hear that um, from the horse's mouth. Um, again, as I don't want to really want to go into too much detail because I think there's probably enough there to talk um, for a whole episode. So yeah, but I, I think I left. I left feeling pretty positive. Um, it was an interesting um, a visit. It's obviously a. a fantastic facility for the club to use um, and I think it'll reap its benefits um,
0: this season so Excellent Cool, right Should we move on to the news (laughs) I'm quite sad that I didn't have time to create a news like specific jingle you know like a BBC type doop 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 Whatever it goes like. I'll do that for the next one if we still have a new section. But um, Right, we have a few things. So let's rattle through these. So, again, we haven't done a pod for like a week and a half. So, there's lots to talk about. On the back of Sunderland, um, we put a note on the fact that Fosu got in the uh, team, the Football League Papers team of the day, which was great. Amazing debut for him. Um roof obviously went off to Andelect and we everyone was getting very confused and animated on Twitter about what that actually meant for Oxford. And I think on our last pod we were saying we didn't think we were entitled to anything. So 15% of the profit um of which um 40% had to go to West Brom. And we kind of worked out at 350, 360k. I think everyone seemed to work out of that. Has there been any news about how that's getting invested i guess it's just going to go into the club into whatever
2: uh, i think they did they did actually mention it um at the training ground jack probably remember better than me i was too busy looking at uh the flip-flops carl robinson was wearing to um, be honest but and utility rooms yeah exactly um, <laughs> but there, there was mention of it uh, how they were going to invest it i don't think um i think they were going to invest it like in terms of the club rather than players so the actual framework of the club
0: yeah okay and that's a nice link into the fact that carl robinson has signed a new 20 a new contract until 2022 connor how do you feel about this
3: yeah i think i'm i'm relatively happy with it um i think carl obviously back end the last season uh proved himself a little bit uh for the oxford fans uh, I'm I'm pleased to see him sign another deal, um, and also obviously this season we started off well, and he's been speaking uh, far better in the media as well uh, since since the new season started than perhaps he did yeah. midway through last season when we were going through a bit of a rut. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think we'll see how he gets on. Um, you know, the contracts there he's offered him a bit of security, um, which is only a good thing I think for the club in general, uh, especially with with new players coming in as well. Um, they got yeah. someone. They can hopefully kick
0: them I, on. I didn't dare post anything on Twitter about the fact that. KR had signed that contract because and I saw it happen to other people who said fantastic so happy yeah. he signed and then someone would go back to their Twitter history and find some fickle <laughs> comment about yeah. him getting booted out and then they would say well you didn't say that you know six months ago Yeah, but it's a funny old game, I think <laughs> I'm quite open in,
2: in my um, opinion of Carl. Um, I like Connor said he had a good end to the season but I think the proof is in the pudding this season obviously Ten games, as I said um, in the first pod, is the benchmark, and I will—I'll be the first to publicly apologise to him. I will write him a letter. Obviously, we don't know what goes on at the club. We don't know the constraints he's under. Um, so, I, again, I think it's a—it's a positive thing, not only for him but for the club as well. So,
0: yeah, and I do think—and we'll talk about it again in a bit—but the club has done a great job recently of being a lot more transparent with strategy and the way the club runs and the constraints that KR is under. And by doing all of that, again, it reduces the amount of pressure on him. But as we've all said something, Ben, quick take on it. Um, I'm
1: I'm pleased. I think he's deserved it. I think he has certainly improved second half of last season. Um, and also, I think, it, yeah, it's been a weird transfer window. I don't think he's come across best at times, but I think he has been working very hard behind the scenes. But for whatever reason, the players just didn't come or there were issues with waiting on another player movement at clubs. But I think he's uh, I think he's doing a good job. Yeah. I think he's he's got us in a much better shape now than we were certainly for the first ten games last season. So I think he deserves it. Excellent.
0: Cool. I nearly had a panic when I asked you then, because it went quiet for a second. I was like, is he asleep? <laughs> Ben's a thinker. <laughs> I think Ben's
2: a thinker if it he likes to think about what he's gonna say before he says it.
0: I like it. Um, all right, so <laughs> bit, bit, bit of transfer activity. Uh, the Burnley striker, Dan Agi. I was going to say Adji and try and be all clever, but it's not that at all. It's Dan Aji. So he's joined us on a three-year deal with undisclosed fee, as it always is these days, um, mainly based on compensation because he is a young lad. Um, Burnley had offered him a deal. Um, he'd already kind of told them he wasn't going to take it. Um but they were, you know, they were planning to send him out on loan regardless. Um, in terms of a bit of history about the guy, he was at AFC Wimbledon at youth level, scored 35 goals in a season, then moved on to Burnley. He's played in their under 18s and 23s since, and he's played at this level before Coventry, Walsall, Blackpool. He scored, I think, like eight or nine goals in senior kind of football. So hopefully, he hits the ground running. Um, I think most people have seen just a kind of generic YouTube video of him, and that's about it. But Excited to see how he gets on. Maybe he'll get some time on uh, the pitch at Blackpool. We'll have to see. Um, There's lots of conversation about Matty Taylor going on at the moment, pictured in the Oxford Mail, looking pretty pissed off in the tunnel. (laughs) 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 um, Since the Bristol, I think you guys have seen it because it's on our WhatsApp, but the Bristol... um, City managers come out and said, "Ah, don't read too much into that." You know, he's from Oxford. It's like just because you're from Oxford, you don't just go hanging around in the <laughs> tunnel on match day. Like, anyway, any thoughts on that? I'm, I do not care about the handshake thing. I'll be absolutely buzzing if he comes in. It'd be great. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think it'd be a coup, a coup if we get him. Uh, I think he'll add, obviously now with obviously the injury to Napa, I think we're pretty desperate for somebody to come in and obviously help out up top. So I think if we can get him or whatever's going on, if we can get him, I think it'd be a pretty good coup, to be honest. Yeah,
3: yeah. he's a proven goal scorer at this level as well. Um, with <clears throat> Bristol Rovers in particular, I think it would be a fantastic sign. And even if it's just a loan deal, um, for the season, uh, also it would be quite interesting to see him play against Bristol Rovers in a yellow shirt. That would be quite interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, more important news: we saw some pictures of players touching some dinosaurs as part of a team photo <laughs> shoot at the Natural History <laughs> Museum. Mackie also grabbed a bear, which was another highlight. Um, ben, what do you think about that? Is he thinking? <laughs> Stunt, stunt <laughs> <silence. Stunt laughs> silence. Come on, okay, fine. I'll, I'll move on. What a man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I put something on the uh, manner Twitter account about the Oxfox mural, which I was pretty um, unawares of or ignorant to last time we ran the pod. So that looks like a really great initiative. It'll bring a bit of colour and help to make that big concrete dungeon feel a bit more like a home Um, so that's really good we've posted the link to that again on the um, on our Twitter account so please get involved if you can Um, I think it's still running you can vote for which pictures and what style of picture you want to be as you know part of the mural and then you can donate as part of that as well both of those things will help And then also there was a big thing made about squad numbers being handed to every player at the club right from, you know, right from the youth academy, right the way up to the first team, which is just fantastic. Um, And I definitely think that's something that other clubs will look to do as well, but it helps to bring kind of the whole club together. So that was another note that we had. Um, Any other news chaps? Do we need to actually talk about football matches now? Yeah, let's crack on with the Peterborough games. So, Uh, uh. So, Connor, you actually went to the games. You went the whole way down to Oxford from York and you went to both matches. So, should we start with the league game? Yes, definitely.
3: Um,
0: Yeah, first of all, very impressed.
3: Um, Obviously, a good result. Uh, One nil win against a, a side who, on paper, looked very decent. Yeah. Um. They perhaps didn't quite show their qualities in the game, um. But no, very good result. Um. I mean, if we're going to go through the game, I won't go through the whole, all the key moments because there are quite a few in the game, and we obviously we got another game to look at. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, against the same opposition. Um. But we started with the same eleven as the game against Sunderland, which I wasn't surprised with. Um. I thought they played really well against Sunderland and were unlucky not to get all three points on that day. Um, so, quickly take you through the team. Eastwood, Cadden, Ruffles, Dickey and uh, Massinho, back four. Then Goring and Brannigan, two sort of uh, holding midfield players. Then the three beyond the striker were Fossu, Woodburn and Henry and then obviously Mackie up top. Um, yeah, I mean, I was happy with the starting lineup as I just said. Yeah. Um, really i think from the off oxford did look pretty uh pretty threatening um fossu hit the post uh after nine minutes i believe um with a nice little move from him with henry quite early on yeah. and obviously the goal came early as well which
0: was quite unusual i wasn't expecting us to to go ahead yeah yeah uh, the main thing the minute, i think it was yeah the main thing i noticed early on in the game as well as the pressing like throughout the team uh, we were right in them yeah. the whole time. Um, they didn't seem to have any moments rest, especially in the first half, and that was going on, like I said, throughout the game. Made a big difference.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, it was noticed uh, the same against Sunderland, and it it's the, the pressing game so far. The, like I say the last well three games actually, um, but particularly the two league games were were obviously led by um, led by Mackie because his work rate is is phenomenal. You know, give the bloke credit. Um, he works extremely hard. He might not be able to put the goal, uh, put the ball in the back of the net as much as we might like, but his work rate is uh, certainly unquestionable, yeah. and he
0: certainly leads an important role at the top of the pitch for the rest of the players to sort of follow suit. More about the goal then. Have you seen the um, when you actually look back at the video and someone again put it on Twitter, you see where the kind of this starts with Eastwood, doesn't it, and it works its way up the pitch.
3: Yeah, it was a really good move. Um, again, it was uh, Dickie and Gorin played a, co- a couple of passes before we before the balls moved out to the right. Um, uh, I, I have noticed, to so be I've got it in my notes here, that Henry and um, Cadden are developing a little bit of a relationship down the right, and this goal was a prime example of that. Um, eventually, the ball made its way to the right-hand side edge of the box where Henry dinked the ball into the box, which was headed back, um, I think it was by Beavers actually the the centre half who uh, signed for Peterborough from Bolton in the summer. Um and it just fell to Branigan and he hit he hit a sweet left-footed full volley from just inside the box uh, and it nestled in the left hand side of the goal and, and it was a fantastic finish. Um I'll give him that. I mean I was sat in the uh in the north stand and it was a great finish. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the um the replays do it justice as well. Um so yeah it was a really good start for Oxford going ahead after 11 minutes yeah. so I was pretty impressed with that to be fair. It
0: felt like first half we saw like fluent football solid kind of interplay like the pressing and the work ethic was there to see as well. Um and then the second half was more of a determined but composed I was going to say grind but it wasn't that was it. It was kind of a composed solid performance where it's not like Oxford to be 1-0 up in a league game at home and not have panic set in.
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I say the first half, to be fair, a quick roundup of the first half. Really, it was an excellent controlling performance by the whole squad. I was really impressed. I didn't think a single player um, looked out of place on the pitch for Oxford. They all put a shift in the first half. Um, I think Branigan, um, he does need to be careful. Um, he got booked after making three fouls after fifteen minutes, and I've got in my notes here that actually I think perhaps one of the reasons yeah. why. Robinson's actually looking for another hole in midfield player, is is he might have in mind the players like Branigan and Gorin, who do like to put their foot in quite a lot, might end up uh, in the referee's book a few times this season, which might
0: lead to some problems down the line. Yeah. I did notice that they keep getting booked, but I think that ideally they're picking up that booking second half, like midway through the second half or something, rather than midway through the first, because it does create a bit of a... Yeah, it does put nerves into the fans.
3: Yeah, it does, yeah. I mean, moving on to the second half, really. Um, Posh shoved off their um, record signing, Moisa, um, at half-time. So, you know, I think that uh, does the two centre-halves justice for Oxford because I'd have to say, um, Misenio and Dickey were very commanding against two very decent strikers, especially in Ivan Tony who has a decent goal-scoring record against Oxford. Um, they kept him quiet, which is nice. Um I think the first time I heard the Posh fans as well was on the 47th minute when they won a corner. Um, they were very quiet, considering there were 700 of them. Um, but hopefully Posh fans won't watch this and, and come headhunting for me. They for might struggle that. to watch it. but Oh, sorry, listen. Good chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Branigan was uh, subbed off on the 60th minute uh, for Hansen, which was, again, is which quite an intelligent substitution, I think, because he was on his last warning. Um, and certainly this early on in the season, we don't want any suspensions, not of so key players like, like Cameron. Um, 68th minute was a funny one. Uh, I think we've all seen this. If you haven't, you've been living under a rock. Um, ben Woodburn's miss, missed an absolute sitter um, after some uh, good work from Mackey and Henry. And Henry ultimately hit the bar and it fell back to, to Woodburn, who... Uh, Clearly had too much time on his hands. I think he should have just stuck his foot through it uh, and hoped for the best, really. But unfortunately, think he dug underneath the shot and sent it well over the crossbar.
0: It was like a half volley, wasn't it? And he did hit it first time. So I did. I felt yeah, for him. I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure I did when I watched when I was there live. I'll tell you, a few expletives <laughs> came out of my mouth uh, when he put that over the bar. It's funny how, I, I forget who said it in the post-match interview, but... People were saying how the crowd reacted really well to it. And if you watch the video, there's a guy in a white hoodie behind the goal who absolutely loses his shit. He's like, he's he's windmilling his arms around everywhere. It's fantastic. Yeah, that was me.
3: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, and then I think my last little note I've got here was on the 75th minute, Moose was booked uh, for a decent crunch and tackle. But the only reason I've got it down is because it was his uh, 500th uh, league appearance. Um, or was it league Appearance, or five hundred? Five hundred. I think just appearance. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so congratulations, Moose. Uh, that's a pretty mean feat to have in your career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, as an overall roundup uh, of the game, it was a very, very impressive performance. I think uh, they limited Posh to very little in the um, in the final third. Um, I think a little bit talking about in defence and, and and how we were out of possession. Dickey, again, had a fantastic game. Um, he was unlucky not to win man of the match. Um, I've Again, I put in my notes here that, to be honest with you, I don't know what's happened to him over the, the pre-season break, um, but he's come back and he's basically the League One Virgil van Dijk. He looked fantastic. <laughs> he looked fantastic on the floor, uh, moving the ball into midfield. He did that well on Saturday. Um, he also did that well on, on Tuesday as well. Um, and in the air, again, kept Ivan Tony quiet all afternoon, which is... Uh, you know no easy feat to do such a thing.
2: Excellent. I think I saw I saw a post on Twitter actually, somebody put on Twitter of it, it was like a picture and it had um it had Rob Dickey emptying his pockets after the uh <laughs> yeah. after the game. It had a it had a picture of his wallet, it had some <laughs> car keys, it had something else and then it just had a picture of Tony and I thought that tickled me. I thought it was quite yeah. good. Yeah. T- that's
0: Tony has scored that He's scored five goals against us in the last few years, so you know most people are expecting him to score. But yeah, we kept him quiet. Decent defensive yeah, performance.
3: It was very good. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I've got a few bits and bobs about sort of the um, sort of the tactical side of things because I noticed that when we were in possession, obviously on paper we're playing a four-two-three-one, but when we were in possession, Goring um, sort of dropped into the little three across the back with Moose and Dickey. Which really allowed the full backs to say stay quite high and wide in the game. Yeah. And Goring in, in in this position really reminded me what Lundstrom used to do when Appleton was around. Um and it just allowed so much more freedom for the full backs to push on. And obviously Cadden himself is a very attack minded fullback. Um and him and Henry are gonna be playing some nice football this season. I'm I'm almost
0: Certainly. Yeah. That that um, thing when, about um Goran dropping back in was visible in the yeah. goal, wasn't it? Because you can see yeah, yeah. Goran take a uh, Dickie's bringing the ball out and then Gorin just drops back in and it's I'm guessing that was the type of thing that was going on throughout the game.
3: Yeah, it happened on multiple occasions. And I mean for me personally, um I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but um Man of the match for me was Gorin on Saturday. I thought he had a fantastic game. He broke the play up really well in midfield, made some really important tackles, uh, played some lovely balls on the floor. And again, that dropping into the, into the three and really allowing full-backs a bit of freedom, I think he played a really important role on Saturday. And he's one of these players that he might go overlooked during this season, but he looks good. He looks very fit as well. Um, he was got himself about the pitch. He popped up everywhere. Um, very similar to what Fossu was doing in the final third as well. He was uh, all over the place again, which was which is good to see. I mean, the the front three, or sorry, the the front three behind Mackie, um, yeah. very fluid. Um, and they were they built upon their performance. I think from from uh, the following,
0: uh, the the previous Saturday against Sunderland, they uh, yeah. they had a solid game. The three of them, awesome. Um, one other note I put on this game because I knew I'd forget about it was that Branigan was. Horrendously brutal about Woodburn's miss after the goal. They're clearly mates, right? But on Radio Oxford, he was just saying, "I've had a word with him. He knows he can't do that." Da-da-da-da-da. I felt <laughs> Woodburn. Yeah, I I'm, I'm sh- that. yeah, I'm sure he's going to come back. Fly. He just needs to get that first goal, doesn't he? And then he does. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, it's a big one, and then hopefully he hits the ground running from that point onwards. Um, cheers for that, Connor. Awesome. Sorry? Where does that put us in League One? Just early days, but we're, you know, 7th or 8th or something. I don't know what we are, but happy days. It's a positive start. Um, Whilst we're on the league, before we go on to the Milk Cup game, what what else went on in League 1 that tickled anyone's fancy? I saw Lincoln won again, second win in a row. I think they're second nil in a row. They're right up oh. there. Black Blackpool won again, so we're playing them on Saturday.
2: I think there was the um, there was discussion, wasn't there, that the Blackpool had a guy sent off, didn't they? And it caused a bit of a stir between me and George in the uh, group. That tackle was horrendous, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't. It card. wasn't. I've I'm analysed sorry. it. I have Not analysed chance. it. I have analysed it. I've watched it about thirty times. And the it... the the player slips on the oh. corner flag, and the the, the the embankment doesn't help. And then the Blackpool player comes steaming in. He slips. And it's his, he gets the ball, no doubt about that. If you watch it, he gets the ball, and is it obviously he's, he's on his ass at this time, sliding along the grass, and that's when he takes the, the the player out. I don't think there was anything malicious in it. I just think it was obviously a greasy surface. So uh, you were well.
3: very generous there, yeah. mate. Very ben, generous.
2: Well, the game the game's gone soft though, hasn't it? It's it's one I'm of those.
3: Sure. It <laughs> challenge certainly wasn't soft.
0: <laughs> ben, Ben, what did you think about it? Oh
1: he does slip but it's a red card no. let's
0: put that on our um definitely we'll tweet that on our
2: <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll, put up, we'll put up a poll and we'll, let, we'll let, let let Twitter decide but but you're all wrong
0: <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to win that one mate yeah, <laughs> we'll see um, right Milk Cup so again same scoreline same scorer definitely yeah. seven changes or something but definitely um, not as much of an exciting game but that's to be expected right yeah, it certainly wasn't. Uh, it this wasn't one to be get you off your briefer. Yeah, it would be much briefer. It it
3: certainly wasn't one to get you off your seats. Uh, I think I think the most important thing was the seven changes. Uh, I was happy to see the changes um, when I saw the starting lineup. So I'll quickly run you through the changes. Um, Moore, Long, Hanson, Sykes, and Ford, Hall and Napper. They were the seven changes that came in. Uh, Moore and Ford made their full debuts. Um, the system looks slightly different as well. We kinda of went to a four-one, two, three, um, instead of a four-two-three one. Um Hansen sort of played just in front of the centre halves Um uh and Napa obviously played through the middle, but unfortunately, as I'm sure we're all aware at this point, uh there was a challenge on the I think it was the yeah, nineteenth minute I've got down on my notes that has uh, left Napa with a broken leg, which which is well, you wouldn't yeah. wish it on any player, but Not I certainly wouldn't wish it on on Napper, um, especially after last season with some injuries he's had. He's fought
0: back strong, and obviously Carl Robinson uh, has high regard for him. Did you hear on Radio back. Oxford? Um, so yeah. KR said he was going to go and visit um, yeah, Napper like in the hospital that. on his way back, which was really good to hear. He also referenced that he'd had some real, like some heart issues. He picked up a virus and had a heart problem. Yeah. In, that wasn't something that was publicised before, but I think he wanted to make the fans aware of the hardships that um, Napa's been through. And yeah, we can only wish him the best going forward, right? Hopefully a speedy recovery. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I hope he gets back in a yellow shirt soon because I do feel for the lad. The one thing you didn't mention there at the beginning of the game is Moore had a bit of a shaky start, didn't he? Um, Ivan Tony got the ball in the back of the net and yeah. they were saying, Steve Kinnebra, by the way, who's now commentating, I think he's going to be doing it um, relatively full time on um, alongside Jerome and Nathan, those guys. But he was brutal in his <laughs> assessment of our defence early on in the game, but he was saying that Moore wasn't in the right position. But he said as the game went yeah. on, he seemed to yeah. become more and more comfortable. Ooh. Sorry.
3: I was dead in line with that with that offline off offline <laughs> offside decision. Um, it was offside, but I, I do agree with Kinnebrew. He, he certainly wasn't in the right position. Um, he did have a, a shaky start, but he picked it up. And I actually think overall, uh, again, the back four had a decent performance, and I was quite impressed. And you have, you have to remember that that you know Maul's not fully fit. You know he might be fit, but he's not match fit. There's a certain difference between being fit and match fit yeah and that's the same goes with Ford as well because Ford ran about a bit, you know put himself a bit out. um but again match fitness he's definitely not there sharpness definitely not there, same with hall as well um but this again, this is what these fixtures are for in my opinion you know, I know that we go forward in the cup and it's nice to get a bit of money in the bank if we can if we can progress, but at the end of the day, it's about getting fringe players and players who are not uh, match fitness trying to give them a bit of you know a bit of sharpness. And that's exactly what this game did. Uh, again, it wasn't a spectacle, but the lads dug deep and they played a de- and they played a decent game of football. Um, there aren't many, there aren't many uh, key moments to highlight other than Cameron Brannigan's goal.
0: Yeah, I think which... it was. Re- we were quiet. The front three were quiet in general, right? So yeah. Napa went off. Very um, quiet. Wood- Woodburn came on, and I was hopeful that that might be his chance to notch. Um, he, he played a lot. How many minutes? Seventy minutes or something. Um, yeah yeah it came on the ninth uh, it came on the twentieth minute yeah yeah but generally those the three up there i think rob hall and uh, ford on the other side it didn't sound like they were making any strides you know like, like breaking into dangerous positions it sounded like they were trying making runs but again it's a as you said it's more of a match fitness thing hopefully that's something that they if they're coming on as impact subs, which i imagine that's going to be their role initially in the squad then they're gonna to have to try and um yeah, make a change as they get in. and Yeah, yeah we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Posh went down to 10 men after
3: around the 80th minute because they used all their subs and one of their players was injured, um, which Oxford were on the front foot for the last 10, 10 15 minutes, right, right until the 95th minute. Obviously, Cam Brannigan's goal came on the 88th with a low-driven
0: free kick from about, what, 20 yards out, wasn't it, right on the edge of the box? Did it was you a really guys- nice free kick. Did you guys not think that was the worst wall you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> like you could, there was a, vi- there was a, vi- it wasn't like video. Great, was it? No, there was video footage from behind the goal in the east stand, and you could just see the gap. And then what was even better is the player that was kind of roughly covering the that side of the goal, the Peterborough player. He just kind of ran away, <laughs> just ran off, yeah. and he just kind of I kicked he something out, didn't he? Yeah, in, the group,
3: yeah. in the group chat earlier, didn't you, Andy, about the the goalkeeper?
2: Yeah, he actually made one of his players in the wall move across to the right. And I know it probably it might not have made a difference, but he made it probably worse <laughs> for himself than he had yeah. to be. So.
3: Good stuff. I mean, one one last thing I will say. Not a fifth minute, Eastwood pulled off a great save from a header from Ivan Tony from the corner. Literally one of the last pieces of action. And again,
0: ever-reliant Mr Simon Eastwood. Yeah. I'm so glad we've kept hold of him. Top man. Um, after the game, KR was saying that we still need, obviously need a striker. Pretty, I was sad they didn't just say, let like, is Matt Taylor signing? But he didn't, he didn't get asked that question. So he, he emphasized again, we need the striker. And he said, now that Napa's injured, we expect a winger to come in. And he said that there's already been um, a winger in the building and that whoever it is wants to come. And I don't know. We've had chatter about McCleary recently, basically bringing back all the old guard. We'll have to see. Um, He also stressed the point I made earlier about um, lacking something in the final third, which we did tonight. Um, And again, yeah, let's just hope that if those guys are... I imagine that Hall and Ford are going to be more squad players initially, but let's hope if they can break in, they're able to offer something and are given the opportunity to do that. But like you said, if we've got League Cup games, we've got... What's the... We said we wouldn't talk about it what's the other competition called these days the the, Mickey Mouse Cup the mega Lone super duper paint pot yeah trophy surprise I don't know what it's called now but anyway (laughs) there'll be a a chance for them to get some minutes in there so we'll see Um, we've got Millwall at home in the second round Ben how do you feel about that
1: should be good time. I think there's going to be at least three red cards and four goals
0: we we played them quite a bit recently haven't we (laughs) We played them in, again, that competition I referenced before. Played them twice in that. And I remember we beat them. I went to the game where we beat them 3-0 at the Den. I think it was a season they might have gone up. Um, It was near the end of the year. They got into the playoffs, I think. And then McElhenney scored twice and Ruffles got header. But that was a great, great away game, that. Um, Right, on to Blackpool. So, Ben, you're going to preview this for us. What what have you learned about Blackpool? Well, many
1: things. I've done a bit of thinking, a lot of thinking, and I've put a few notes together. Um, been on quite a roller coaster the last 10 years or so. Uh, started 2010, winning the championship playoff final, got into the Premier League. Uh, and that, that season, they were very much the feel-good story, um, very much the underdogs. I think a lot of people were behind them. Um, Ian Holloway was their manager, He's a bit of a legend, a bit of a lad. You are? you are, indeed. Him and his chickens on his farm. <laughs> uh, they nearly stayed up as well. They uh, needed a, three points in the last game of the season, and for most of that game away at Man United, were, for the first hour they were 2-1 up. It was very much on. but Ultimately, they lost 4-2. Um, immediately relegated back down to the championship. Stayed there for the next few years. Another near miss with a playoff final defeat. And then a bit of a downward spiral, back-to-back relegations, League One, League Two in 2015-2016. Uh, managed to bounce back quite quickly afterwards, though, after one year, and have been in League One for the last two. Last season, not too bad. Um, Tenth-place finish, but for a lot of the season, they were they were pushing on the playoffs, seventh, eighth, ninth for much of the year. Um, towards the end, sort of February-March time, they uh, went into receivership, And I think we're actually probably fairly lucky to avoid a 12-point deduction in the end. What it did result in was new ownership from June, ending the 22-year cycle of the Oyston family, who caused a lot of problems with fans towards the end.
0: They're not very popular up there, are they?
1: No. (laughs) Lots of issues with suing fans, if anybody disagreed with them, straight into court. Um, A lot of fans were boycotting games. Boycott games for several years. In fact, in protest, refused to give them any money of any sorts. Mm. Um, I know the first game back with the new owners, there was a pretty much a full house at Bloomfield Road, a great atmosphere. So I think it's good, good for the fans that they finally got their club back. I think it's we're all we're all well aware of how owners can affect clubs. We're looking at it now with Bolton and Berry so it's always good when a club's back back to where it should be. Uh, looking at their summer business, um, quite a big turnover. Ten players have left, ten have come in. Uh, five free deals, two undisclosed and a couple of loan signings, uh, including Jack annick who's a former Newcastle keeper. He's come in on loan from Rangers. And uh, James Husband, who uh, carried out the red card challenge the other day. Uh, he's on loan <laughs> from Norwich. they play both their league games so far. Uh, obviously, uh, Husband won't be playing at the weekend. A couple of other key players for them. Um, the main will probably be Jay Spearing. Their captain, influential central midfielder, started his career at Liverpool. Uh, played several years at Bolton, um, although he did suffer a shoulder injury in the uh, Milk Cup game for them. So it's I think it's touch and go at the moment. They're going to assess his fitness. He'd be a, a big loss for them if he doesn't play. Uh, another is Nathan Delfonso, former Villa player. Who, uh, I was uh, going to ask if they still. In. I
0: was going to ask if they still have.
1: Yeah. Him. Well, he's. Uh, He's obviously drawn into the seaside. He's yeah. had two loan spells there, and he's now in his second different permanent spell there as well. So he obviously keeps being drawn back in with a fresh sea air.
0: Maybe he um, just loves those player... 2P machines.
1: Oh, the slots. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, another player, uh, one that we we might be able to remember, is uh, Armand Nangele, who had a very... A forgettable four-game loan spell <laughs> with us in 2015. Uh, four sub-appearances, no goals. Um, that must have been great form for Chesterfield because they immediately recalled him. So who knows about that one? Um, so far this season, very good start in- league-wise. Won their first two games. Uh, 2-0 win at home to Bristol Rovers uh, with Spearing and Nandale scoring in that. Uh, and a 3-1 win away from South End, which Delfonso grabbed two. Uh, even though you're not allowed to look at the table yet, they are currently top on goals scored. Uh, a couple of changes for them in the cup, uh, drawing two-two with Sol Campbell's Macclesfield, uh, and ultimately losing four-two on penalties. Um, sounded like a game they absolutely dominated. So the result's a bit misleading. Um, Nangile, a last-minute penalty uh, after a foul by Miles Welsh Hayes, who was an ex-Oxford United youth player, seems yeah. to be doing all right now in the league. Uh, formation-wise, uh, last game in the league, pretty much a 4-3-3. A fairly flat uh, system. Spearing in the middle of midfield. Delfonso on the right. Sule Kaikai on the left. Uh, and Nangele playing as the, the centre-forward role. Quite, a, quite an attacking team, so I think there should be a, a few goals in the game. Uh, previous results against us, since they came back up, we've got quite a good record, won the last three. Uh, last season, we had a, a 2-0 win at home. Goals from Brown and Henry. That was the uh, at the time where we were on a, an unbeaten run before Christmas. And the away game a couple of months later was 1-0, which was a, a wonderful free kick from Graham. Uh, mm. That was their first league defeat in almost two months. And that sort of and kicked that, us going again for the second part of yeah, season. That
0: that was huge for us, wasn't it? That goal
1: and that yeah, win. Yeah, it was a big turning point. We were we were struggling again after Christmas. And, and that just gave us a lift, I think, which we, we pretty much carried all the way through to the end of the season after that. Um, in terms of the game on Saturday, uh, I think I think we'll we'll keep with pretty much the same team that started in the, the two league games. Maybe one or two changes, depending on fitness levels and, and whether he thinks Ford can come in. Um, as for the result itself, I think there's going to be goals. I think we have both two attacking sides it will be open. Uh, I think there'll be a, a lot of possession on the wings. Um, I'm going to go with a score draw, probably 2-2. What do you guys think?
0: I reckon we're gonna win 2 0. I'm not gonna add any more detail into that. <laughs> I still think I I think we're
2: uh, I still think we're struggling with firepower and where the goals are gonna come from. But having said that, I still think we're gonna win, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna to stick to my guns and I'm gonna go one nil.
3: I'm gonna go with a two one. I've seen Non-Germain getting a goal against us just to
0: spite us. to us? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Nice. And Ben, if I wanted to go for a beverage in Blackpool, where should I go?
1: Well, you've got a choice of pubs, James, depending on how you're feeling. Uh, The nearest one to the ground, um, (laughs) the old Bridge House pub. uh, It's between Bloomfield Road and and the seafront. It's generally popular with away fans. Uh, Another one just a little bit further towards the sea on the corner of Lytham Road is the Manchester Bar. Um, Colours in there should be fine. Uh, Sky TV to watch the early kickoff, but can get a bit busy. Um, but if you're travelling with your family, you want something a little bit quieter, a little bit further out the way. Uh, the Waterloo, which is on Waterloo Road, also got Sky TV, but a uh, reasonably priced and much more of a family-oriented pub. Uh, that's just along from Blackpool South Train Station.
0: Excellent. Right. Ah, the Partridge R ah, does lose its novelty after a while. I think it's got to come out, guys. Anyway, um, before we get on to the exciting trivia bit of the pod, um, there was just something in here to mention some of the um, board comms and that type of thing. And I was really keen that we dissected the update that uh, Niall McWilliam, a.k.a. Mr Mac, put on. Um, the Oxford United site because there was some really, really good um, detail in there about the kind of strategy and vision and I think we should definitely at some point go through it because it references you know all the good stuff about um, sustainability, the stadium, even goes into the reasoning why, you know, the fact that we don't make any money on a match day apart from ticket sales and that type of thing so it's, it's definitely worth us going into that The reason I call Niall McWilliams I know you guys know this but our listeners don't mr mac is because mr mac was a teacher at charwell when i was there he was a sub teacher so he would come in you know irregularly but he would often come in and teach us for a day um he was an absolute joker at school and you would look for you know when you get a sub teacher and you're kind of praying that it's someone you can kind of mess around with a little bit like he would come in and he's one of them that would like whack a video on you'd be just relaxing for the whole lesson so he was a good lad, Mister Mac, but it still feels completely surreal seeing him in this manager managing director's role. Do you,
2: do you know there's a little unknown uh, tidbit of trivia about uh, Niall McWilliams? Go on. Some say that his cardigan is tattooed on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I only reason to say that, it, it just it, it tickled me. So he, he had the, he had this suit on with his cardigan on at the training ground open day. He didn't have a lot of involvement, but then he also had it on during the team photograph as well in Oxford. So it'd be interesting to see if we uh, we see a picture of him without it on during the uh, course of the season. Bearing in mind that we're in the middle of summer, so yeah, I think I definitely think it's tattooed on, but. <laughs>
0: um, it is worth saying, though, on comms in general, and I, re- I, know I referenced it right at the beginning of the pod, that the club are doing an absolutely fantastic job with it all at the moment. So we had the Radio Oxford special before the season started. Um, you had Oxfox there, the board there, KR there, whatever. Um, like I said, Niall McWilliams put, Mr Mac, put the update on the Oxford site. Um, we, again, we need to go through that at some le- you know, some kind of lower level at some point. Um We've seen academy updates, community updates, five-minute fan forums, which we maybe should talk about briefly. Um, but yeah, comms and transparency and all that good stuff, it's just—it's fantastic. And we haven't seen this for a long, long time. And if you watched Zaki um, speak on Yellow Player this week, he talks about kind of how he did his postgrad in Oxford, how he's got a personal attachment to the city, it refers getting to the club where in, you know we're getting to a place where we're not in debt and we're not gambling with the club's future through the strategy that we want want to implement. And by being more vocal and transparent about the strategy, like I said earlier, reduces the pressure and onus on KR as well. So fans are starting to accept and understand the fact that we we need to like some players will need to use Oxford United as a, a springboard for their career. And we we kind of welcome and encourage that and we accept it. So when we're selling Gavin White, we're not all up in arms. We know we understand the reasons why that's happening. So it's good that we've got a bit of realism coming back into the club. And it, I'm really, really positive about where we're going now. There was a period of time with Tiger we were all a bit concerned, but really happy about where we're at now. I don't know what you guys think.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's definitely positive. And I'll go back to the training ground visit. <clears throat> he had. Uh, I know he's he, he's been going on about the sustainability of the club a lot recently, but unless you have sustainability in, in any business, you're not going to go anywhere. So I think it it is important. I think the communication has been, it's improved certainly since the start of the season. Um, uh, I think it's, I like what they're doing on Yellow Player where they have these little um, interviews with board members. I think uh, Wayne Brown did the um, pre-match interview for Peterborough in the cup game, which was interesting. It's good, nice to get a, a different perspective on um, the game the up-and-coming games from a goalkeeper's point of view from I'd like to see I'd like to see Faz again Talks. I always thought he was quite um, competent when he, he did his interviews um, but yeah I definitely think the communications and the the transparency with the fans is going in the right direction again yeah
0: right do we move on to the fun facts do we move on to Andy Dent with your special intro oh
2: there's no question is there let's do it
0: it's a blast from the past Ooh. Andy, if you've got any like specific request about an intro, I think I could, You know, let's chat afterwards. I, I can, I can yeah. do something for you.
2: I think we can probably. I think we can probably do something. That one is it is very sort of evangelical. And <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't really say that's me if I'm honest. So, uh, as much as I love it, yeah, I think we need to tailor that a little bit.
0: And um, but do you have? You don't have a glamorous glamorous assistant this week.
2: I don't know. I don't have as unfortunately. I don't have anybody. Um, just me, myself, and I. So, with Connor being the new guy, when we get to the the page
0: flicking section, I will get Connor to uh, say stop. This is a high risk maneuver, as we learned at the last one, where you had a <laughs> you had a super duper one, and then yeah, it is. yeah, but that's half the fun. You just don't know what you're going to get. Right, go on. But but are we
2: all prepared to be enlightened and educated?
3: Absolutely, definitely,
2: always. Right. Well, we'll start. With, we'll we'll start. We'll start with the easy one, which is uh, Oxford United on this day, which is obviously the 14th of August, uh, 2019. This uh, particular fact, this one goes back to Tuesday, the 14th of August, 1956. Um, Paul Alexander Hinshelwood was born in Bristol, he joined oxford from his first club crystal palace where he had started as a striker before switching to right back i'll just um i'll just stop there for a second if my voice does go a little bit funny um throughout this it's because i was being a lion earlier <laughs> and i have a i have a, a slight reputation amongst my family members for having an incredibly loud roar um, okay and and they will back me up in saying it's quite impressive. I thought, so.
0: I thought you were bipolar for a minute there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not quite. Well, well oh, who knows? Who knows? Um, anyway, I shall. I digress. I shall continue. <laughs> um, he made his Oxford debut on August 27th, 1983. Good year. Um, in a 3-0 win over Bristol City. His only goal in 64 appearances for Oxford was in Everton in the Milk Cup replay 4-1 defeat. His last game for the use was on October thirteenth, nineteen eighty four, in a two one win over Brighton and Hove Albion. After which he joined Millwall. There we go. Oh.
0: Have you? Not, do you have one that's about like players getting left behind in stadiums? <laughs> or like
2: that was a good that was a good one. But hey, that
0: that's half, that's half the fun. We just don't know what we're going to get. Do we do another one, or is that it? do you not have a no i i i I, I, reckon. I know i have another
2: one no no that in fact that type of fact will come from this particular book which connor um if you could be so kind just to say stop i will read one out so when you're ready stop oh right do you want uh, top middle or bottom uh middle great choice middle great choice. okay here, here we go on your bike John Morris travels to Oxford's away games on his Vespa GTS 300 automatic scooter, <laughs> his itinerary, including trips to Barrow and Gateshead. He also rode the 400 odd miles to Glasgow to which United pre-season friendly at Greenwich no, Morton in July 2009 and Dumbarton in 2010. He is not the first person to travel away games on two wheels. When United beat Wickham 3-0 on April 8th, 1996, half a dozen supporters rode to the game on their bicycles, including cycling up Hill Road between Watlington and Christmas Common.
0: Gradient of now, 1 that and is 18. very weird. I enjoyed this, that. Oh, I haven't like, finished yet. Very, very but,
3: weird. Oh, okay. Go on. Go on. I've got right.
2: a great little... Go on, carry on, carry on. Go on. Okay, So, we were talking about the gradient of 1 and 18. A liquid lunch in Turville Heath was followed by one of United's most memorable away performances, making the following day's aches and pains well worth it. There we go.
3: Right. Now, this is proper spooky, right? So, John Morris, or Johnny Morris. I'm actually very good friends with Johnny Morris. Um, So, the fact that I managed to randomly say stop and then say middle and you land on him is very strange. Um, My dad and Johnny Morris have been friends for for years and uh, I often see him at home games and I saw him on Saturday. So, uh, shout out to Johnny Morris. Is this... Is this
2: um anything to do with Ollie the Ox? Because I
3: did know I did notice you were gonna said you were gonna mention it and I you haven't yet. yet. I know, I forgot I know I forgot to mention it. Uh it will have something to do with Ollie the Ox, yeah. Um as we're on this topic. Uh <laughs> uh my, well, my dad's claim to fame anyway, is uh for twelve seasons my dad was uh Ollie the Ox uh for Oxford and um another another little mascot themed um <laughs> part of this podcast yeah, when olivia the ox was first announced at the kassam and made her debut uh that was me inside <laughs> the costume um so that was quite interesting considering i was supposed to put on a woman's voice um <laughs> i mean hang on you know i i can own up to this Mass aren't supposed <laughs> uh, to talk are they a bit weird um uh, nah, they're not. But my dad always, always spoke. You know, <laughs> You've got, to, got to engage, got to engage with the fans, don't you? Uh, yeah, your dad is
2: a nice man. Actually, I can vouch for that. I met him. Uh, where did we meet him? Last season at one of the games. So, yeah, I can, I can vouch that Connor's dad is a nice man, and in, in, in turn, Ollie Ox is a nice man or was a nice man. I don't actually know who it is now, yeah. but.
3: Oh, I know. Uh, it's ironic, actually, because it's still in the family. <laughs> um, who it is now but um, I'm going to keep that information
0: (laughs) to myself is there a level of like is is there a certain protocol that needs to be followed like do you have to sleep in the the (laughs) suit? well back back when my dad did it um he used to actually take the
3: suit home and and clean it himself because the club refused to do it which was ridiculous um but yeah yeah um yeah, uh, there's a few funny stories I tell you about uh, my dad being on the ox. One of which I'll just briefly run through. One was uh, a Wickham away. Oh, God knows what year it was. Um, he was stood by the tunnel, and um, a Wickham ball boy punched him in the face. <laughs> um, uh, I think the most ironic thing about that was back in <laughs> back in the day, my dad used to wear a hard hat underneath <laughs> underneath the ox's head. So this lad has just run down from the from the, from the stairs behind him. Uh, and clocked my dad on the on the head and he's actually just stuck his hand straight into a hard hat oh, um, I think what, what what what's great about that is actually um, that I've got sacked from his well job I say job <laughs> um, but he got sacked from it he got caught and uh, another one which my dad will be very happy for me to say was when we played Swindon at the county ground uh, the last time he had a penalty shootout before kickoff against the Robin. Uh, down at the town end and he won oh, yes and uh, I, remember, I remember it like it was yesterday because i was on i was on the touchline at, at the time because i was his little helper and uh i saw him standing there in front of the town end with his hands wide wide <laughs> open just slapping the oxford badge in front of them and that was a very oh, proud moment for him awesome
0: so, you know, done, that is awesome <clears throat> right fantastic before we move
2: on um I I almost forgot to do it and I've made notes in big red writing and it says make sure I do the shout out below because I forgot to do it after the Sunderland game. So it'll only be two minutes, so bear with me. Um, So, yeah, obviously the first game of the season, exciting game. Um, I came across a tweet um, from an Oxford fan called Debbie, um, Debbie Barnett, uh, with a rock, uh, a picture of a rock. I know it sounds a bit random, but so... Debbie's son, um, Mason Barnett, had made this rock um, and it says RIP in memory of Bradley Lowry um, on one side and then on the other side is a picture of a, a football um, and cancer has no colours. And so what he'd done, he'd obviously made this rock um, and he'd he it, taken it to the Stadium of Light to leave there in memory of, of Bradley, uh, Bradley Lowry. I'm sure we all know about um, his story. Mm-hmm. Um, I know of these rocks, they're not certain places happen we have one called Selby rocks where if you find a rock you put some sort of image or detail on it you draw on it you hide it somewhere and then when somebody else finds it they take it and they hide it and they they do their own rock so I um, and actually Bradley's mum got in touch with Debbie via Twitter and said look can we meet up before the game just so I can like Mason can show me what obviously he's done for Bradley um, I don't know whether they left the rock there or whether Bradley's mum took it with him. Um but yeah, I thought that was a really cool thing to do. Obviously I've got I've got kids myself and I it just it doesn't bear thinking about what obviously they went through what Bradley's mum and dad went through. So I just I thought that was a really cool thing to do. So shout out to Mason and, and obviously Debbie for doing that. Um and yeah,
0: um yeah it was a cool thing to do. Oh. So well done Mason. Yeah, that's a nice shout out. Well done Mason right do you want a magical interlude going into the game and you are you are the game host this week i am bob hope
2: right so i've uh, i've obviously a big a big this one up so there's quite a bit of pressure on me i think it's fantastic but uh, whether it whether it hands out that way is another matter so i'll I'll, I'll try and keep it as short as i can so basically this revolves around the game play your cards right with bruce forsyth i don't know some of the younger or listeners might not remember it but it was a pretty cool game but this one is play your cards right as a so right jake Wright, oxford player so there's an an oxford oxford theme you see what i did there (laughs) um so yeah there's 12 questions there's 12 questions, three points for guessing it. So I'm I'm all about winning. None of this bullshit about taking part is important. That's <laughs> a load of bollocks. It's all about winning. So this, this is, there's going to be a winner in this game. So it's all it's a serious game, boys. Yeah. Okay. So there's th- there's 12 questions, three points uh, for get, getting the correct answer, two for getting the bonus question. Uh, if you get a question wrong, it goes to the next person. So because we're not actually physically together. I've uh, I've just done it in in um, alphabetical order. So Ben, Connor, James in that order. So um, obviously if Ben gets one wrong, then Connor steps up and he gets the chance to uh to answer the questions. Um, and there's sixty points to play for. I have I do have a piece of paper. I have a, a means of recording these points, so uh, without ado we'll we'll go for a start off a ten. Um no no jumping in, no shouting out. Um I'll control have this. A buzzer. No, we don't have a buzzer. Um, oh, okay. Yours can be twat if you want it to. If you want a buzzer, Connor.
0: Mm, harsh. <laughs> I'll
2: take it. I'll, I'll, I'll take it on the chin. Uh, yeah, I'm only joking. Um, I'll, I'll okay, just I'll, game I win. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask it. I'll ask it in an orderly manner. So I'll ask that we all play nicely. So the start for ten. So Ben, you get to answer this uh, or I guess correctly. So start for ten. Um, what was the record FA Cup? Home attendance. Um, so we're going go <laughs> to go the closest. Whoever whoever guesses closest gets to go first, so gets to answer the next set of questions. So, Ben, uh, what is your. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll give you a clue. It was in 1964. Oh, well, I'm glad, glad you said that. Time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: 22,600. Oof.
2: Mm. All right. Okay. Connor.
3: Can you repeat the question, please?
2: I can. Um, What was the record FA Cup home game attendance? The game was in
0: 1964.
2: Uh, Get off Google. uh, Come on.
0: Yeah, I'm not happy with this delay. Delay
2: 27,000. Can we have a guess, please, Connor? Yeah, I
3: just said that. Come on. 27,000.
2: How many? 27 27000 okay uh james 21000 uh, 21000 <laughs> 21, okay um now this is where my maths comes into play uh, ooh. Um, my maths is rubbish but i think connor you are closest no no you're not <coughs> no, absolute nonsense oh. um Ben, take, you are take the closest. My away. No, I know. Sorry, Ben, you are the closest. The actual uh, figure is twenty-two thousand seven hundred and fifty. Oh, what? And um, you're on Google. I'm not. No way. Ben's like I'm I'm swear down. Poor, <laughs> what? Poor Turner, I reckon. Yeah. So for a bonus point, or a bonus. In fact, there's actually uh, sixty-two points up for grabs. For a bonus point, can you tell me who it was against? It was a home game. Fulham. No. Preston. Ah, oh,
0: see, I, I actually would have said Preston because in the last quiz we did in the last episode, <laughs> I said that we'd never played Preston in a cup, and then everyone laughed at me. So I would have genuinely gone with that. Shame.
2: Right. Okay. So, Ben, you get the chance to ask, ask the uh, answer this question So Oh no.
0: Um, <laughs> oh
2: no. It's, it's okay. Well, we'll, we'll we're, we're, right. So. Can you get? I'll say Jake Wright. He signed permanently for the club in 2010. Can you tell me whether you think the lowest home FA Cup attendance was higher or lower than 2010? Ooh, what? Um, I'm going to go with higher. Higher is correct. It was actually 2094. So that's three points. Well done. For the bonus two points, again, can you tell me who, who that was against? It was in 1946, if that helps. <laughs> uh, Hereford United. No, it was not. It was Banbury Spencer. Well, damn.
0: Is that that a bloke? Is that a man?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It it is definitely a club. Um, So, yeah, you guessed correctly. So you get a chance on the next question. Okay, so the next question. Bino's total number of goals scored during this course at the club um, was... 106 goals, as we all know, he didn't quite get the all-time goal-scoring record. Although he should have done, because those was it a hat-trick or is it a brace? Where it was it was written off? I can't remember. So in my eyes, he's, he is the all-time top goal scorer. But anyway, Bino's total number of goals was 106. So the most goals scored in a season, so that's across the season, all players, is that higher or lower than 106? Lower. No, it's actually higher, and it was the actual number uh, was 118, and it was across two seasons. Actually, there were two seasons that we scored 118. One was the 1961-62 season, and one was the 1983-84 season. So that's
0: it. You've blown your chance there. Yeah. Ben. Should uh, me and so, I was going to say should me and Connor just drop off, so you and Ben can keep doing this quiz. Together?
2: <laughs> well, it's Connor's turn now. It's Connor's turn. <laughs> Connor Connor gets the chance to answer the next question. Okay, so next question, Connor. For three points, Michael Dubry's number was number five. Was the fewest league draws in a season higher or lower than five? The fewest league draws.
3: Oh, um... Fewest league draws. I'm going to go with...
2: Lower. I can hear I can hear him clicking. I can hear something clicking.
3: Uh correct.
2: <laughs> <laughs> correct. It is. You're hundred you percent correct. It is three. It was three. Um it for so that's and three points. That's three points for you. For a bonus two points. Can you tell me which season that was?
3: Oh Christ. Uh was it actually in my lifetime? Uh no. <laughs> okay. Let's go with uh nineteen 53
2: no wrong it was 57 oh, 59 season not, oh, bad shout. not far off not far off okay good good shout good start so next question for you Connor Kamar Roof what what, at what time so at what minute did he score the second goal versus Swansea in the FA Cup win
0: <laughs> Andy this is. these are all impossible first half but... aren't it
2: no they're not they're not come on oh no sorry so no i've got uh, no, oh. i know sorry i i fucked that up so i'm supposed to give you the time on, aren't i Andy. yeah so the time he actually oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the time <laughs> the time that he scored it was 59 minutes okay So f- second yeah. half 59 minutes so was <laughs> the, ed- no, the age of the oldest league player higher or lower than 59.
3: <laughs> oh. I feel
0: this is going to be a trick question, but I'm going to go lower.
2: Lower is correct. It was 44 years. Oh, it's 44 years and 176 oh, was, days. Did, was that
0: question just? Was there a player? Oh no, where's the one sec? <laughs> Basically, was there a player? Yeah, over, over 60? 60.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know, but they, they couldn't have been because the, the the age of the oldest league player is 44. So, okay. Um, <laughs> And for a, okay, for a, bon- for a bonus three, a bon- bonus two points. Uh, can you tell me who
3: that was? <laughs> uh, what first football league player? Make-
2: yeah, the oldest, the oldest league player for Oxford United. Just make up a name. He was forty-four a- years. Oh, make up a
3: name. Christ. <laughs> Generally, I have make no up a name. Idea.
2: Okay, well, uh, you're, not, you're not getting the two no, points, but it was, it was Alan Judge.
0: Ah. Oh, versus yeah oh, versus wow. okay. uh, this All is right.
2: this was post 2000 uh, 2000 so yes. you should have had been in shout with this it was versus was south say, end there's
3: gonna be some people yeah. moaning at me for being <laughs> it, young for that it was it was versus
2: south end on the 6th of november 2004
3: okay well i apologize for anyone who's screaming at their phone
2: so next question let me try and hurry this along um so the the 2010 Wembley playoff final attendance was 42,669. Was the Milk Cup final attendance, was that higher or lower than uh, 42,669? Higher. Higher is correct. It was (laughs) 90,396. And I don't actually have a bonus. I I, I don't have a bonus uh, for that, so... My, my points that are up for grabs is uh, nonsense. Okay, correct. So, on to the next question. Um, so, the highest scorer in a season was 43. That was Bud Houghton in the 61-62 season. Was the most FA Cup appearances higher or lower than 43? And that's across the whole of their career, this player's career. Was it higher or lower than 43?
3: Um the
2: most FA Cup matches. Correct. It was. It was. uh, It was 33. Um, For a bonus point, or bonus two points, can you tell me who that was?
3: Who was that? Um, Oh, God, it could be anyone. Um, um, We're just going to go with...
0: uh,
3: I don't know. Just... I don't if, know. It, if it
1: helps if
2: it helps it was between 1959 and 1971
3: <laughs> that doesn't help me I'm being brutally honest um, no it was uh, it, no, it, no
2: idea. it was Ron Atkinson Big Ron ah oh,
3: Big Ron yes the thing is I should, I should have just guessed some oh did it like just that, did it just come uh, up on you know.
2: Google did it just come <laughs> up on Google Not not, not quickly enough no, I'm joking. Right, like moving Never along. That. That's correct. Right, so the most League Cup goals was fourteen <laughs> um, by John Aldridge uh, in 1980 yeah. between 1984 and 87. So fourteen League Cup goals for John Aldridge. Um, is yeah. the age of the youngest football league player higher or lower than fourteen? Oh, that's Quiet. football football league. Correct. It was sixteen. Yeah. So for a for a bonus two points, can you tell me who that was? Football
3: just Football League player in general or for Oxford? No, the, the who
2: the player was, yeah. It's Oxford. These are all yeah. Oxford based questions. Oh,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. Uh seven sixteen year old. Um No. no. J-
2: Jason Seacole. Uh, he was 16 and 149 days versus Manfield on the 7th of September in
0: 1976. Yeah, Connor,
2: you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. How many questions have we got left? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, so this one's I've kind of just pulled this uh, one out my I ass. Can I just say?
0: I'm not feeling this is a very inclusive quiz, Andy. I'm I'm not sure I if I'm gonna get, get it going. That's the, that. that's the that's the trouble
2: with knowledge. Set, that's eh? the that's the trouble with these sort of quizzes because Connor's obviously very knowledgeable uh, with his stats and facts. That he's just not giving anyone a chance. So let's see how he gets on with this one. He just doesn't know anything So two thousand. Exactly. So I pulled this one out my ass a little bit because I don't know the exact figure. I've just heard it banded about. So the rent we currently pay to uh, for Oz Kazam is five hundred thousand pounds a year. Is our record transfer fee higher or lower than five hundred thousand?
3: It is higher. Oh, he's wrong! I know who it is. Pass
2: oh, so over to me. No! <laughs> <laughs> okay, then for a bonus, for a, for a bonus, two. So the actual, the actual figure is four hundred seventy thousand. Yeah for a bonus oh, 2
3: 570,000
2: oh, for, for, for a bonus 2. Points, uh, James can you tell me who it was Dean Windass I know
3: him. correct fuck Dean Windass
2: when he went to Aberdeen oh. okay so you fucked it connor
3: i did have fuck it right <laughs> I even knew the, I, uh, oh, James.
2: James are you ready <laughs> I'm, I'm ready let's go. so James let's go the year oh. of the first football league game was 1962 versus Barrow of course when was the first FA Cup game uh higher or lower than 1962
0: was our first sorry our first league game our first
2: FA Cup game so our first FA Cup appearance in the FA Cup was that higher or lower than 1962 the 3 points uh,
0: higher Mm, wrong oh, hang on it was... when did... the club was around before that what do you mean our first league game our first no it's not league it's fa cup what was the original question <laughs> well the original question was
2: well, the first our first ever fa cup game so our first ever appearance in the fa cup
0: oh right okay all right i would have <laughs> obviously got it right if i understood the question that's my. Well, because right, i'm feeling
2: generous i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you have that i'm not gonna give you the no. points but i'll let you have it i'll let, I'll let you continue
0: are you sure I don't feel like I. no deserve I'm not actually
2: <laughs> okay that's right that's fair enough we'll go we'll scrap that Ben you're back in the game for a, for a bonus two points Ben can you tell me who that was against so our first FA Cup game Hereford United oh you got oh so close you got the first letter of the team oh. right it was Hounslow oh, on the 5th of September 1931 right this one I like this one this is a good one so the height of Ben Futcher the famous <laughs> the, f- the famous fullback centre back um, the height of Ben Futcher in centimetres was 200 200 centimetres just for just for perspective I'm I'm six foot five and I'm 194 centimetres so he was a big lad um, so our goals per game this season so we're talking about this season oh sorry no the goals per game um, in the 1819 season um, was that higher or lower than 200 so obviously you may have a point in there but was it higher or lower than 200 lower so last lower mm, wrong it was 2.65 so, so 265 ah oh, unlucky Ben so Connor we've got two questions left so let's go. Perfect. The year we changed our name from Oxford United to oh, sorry, we changed our name to Oxford United from Headington United was 1960. Was the year of the first floodlit match at the Manor Ground higher or lower oh. than 1960?
3: Oh, do you know what? I even saw this somewhere the other day. Was it on Oof. Google? Um, I'm going to have to hurry no. you. I'm going to have to. I'm <laughs> going to um, I'm gonna have to hurry you, Connor. Say lower lower
2: correct it was 1950 yes so for a bonus for a bonus no, two funny. points can you tell me who it was against uh queens park rangers no it was banbury spencer again funnily enough <laughs>
3: <laughs> popping up all the
0: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah here's
2: mr spencer so right last question Last it's a question. bad time that right, right, I've so...
0: had to reset the quiz music like ten times, <laughs> four times. <laughs> I'm sorry. I
2: apologise. I apologise. I've, I've this. I've been looking forward to this, so maybe I put a bit too much into it. Um, so the number of squad players this season is 171. How Correct. often um, last season? How often did we concede a goal? Oh no, sorry. This season, how often have we conceded a goal in minutes? So if, if your math is on point, you should be able to get. Is it higher or lower than 171? Then lower. Might... Oh, no, it's ever so slightly oh. higher. 180 ah. minutes. So obviously we've only conceded two league goals, but there's 180 minutes between them. So wow, that was good. So the winner. Let me just top this up. So it's Connor. Congratulations, Connor. You're the winner. Uh, oh. Oh, no. That, it, that, in close second was yeah, Ben the- and then obviously James you've brought up the rear I do feel that I had a bit of a disadvantage
0: in that game <laughs> having just sat, having right. sat silent for like 24 minutes <laughs> um, <and laughs> I feel like can, the young guns can just went in and sweeped it and you're all I jealous. know this is a very long <laughs> pod anyway but can I, the question that I had what you said like 1962 was our first FA Cup game what and uh, then what was the actual question? No,
1: no, no. The question was: no, 1962 was the first league game in the football
2: league. Was that was that what it was? Yeah, that's correct.
1: So the first ah, league game
2: okay. was 1962 versus Barrow. Uh So I wanted to know which when the first FA Cup game was. So was it higher or lower than 1962? When you obviously you went higher. So where
0: were we before 1962? Were we just playing in the Oxford Cup? Well, it was like the Hellenic League it was or something. League, wasn't it? Southern, Southern League, yeah. Right. Um, you can tell I'm not a good good loser, guys. <laughs>
2: Connor's
0: Connor's just a good guesser. Well, I don't want to welcome him back anymore. Educated guess. <laughs> Educated guess. Come you on. Did, credit where You credit did have you. a question that was like, <laughs> were there more than forty-four thousand people at Wembley in the milk Friday? <laughs> and Oxford like, on the drone brought like nearly forty thousand or something. So amazing. Yeah, but mate, you didn't get to that point in the quiz. You would have had that question as well. <laughs> but, uh, that was that was an interesting quiz. I'm going to do a much more inclusive quiz for everyone yeah. to get involved <laughs> with next week. <laughs> right, chaps. Should we wrap up there? Has anyone got anything else?
2: Uh, no, just safe travels. So obviously, all the fans making the trip to Blackpool, I guess I'll be there. So
0: if yeah. you see me, say hello. Yeah, Who else is going? I'll be there. Connor's there. I can't make it, Ben. Are you going? Sadly not. Ah. Uh. Part-time
3: fans.
2: Yeah. In fact, I've got I've got another one as well. Congratulations! I don't know if anybody's heard, but obviously, um, congratulations to Rob Dicky. He had his uh, he had a baby on Wednesday. He had a daughter. So I think, given his performance uh, against Peterborough, I think it's even more impressive given that he's just had a newborn nice. baby. So yeah, congratulations, Congrats, Rob. Rob. And, Did he call yeah. it
0: um, Bambury Madison or whatever but... <laughs> Spencer? Oh,
2: no idea, but
0: Banbury Spencer. No,
2: yeah, we want to see a goal on uh, on Saturday, Rob. And we
0: want to see the Rock the Baby celebration. Fantastic. Right, we will leave it there. We'll probably be back on Sunday after the Blackpool game. Cheers, guys.